Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. It will be given to you first good measure. Now, back in the day, when you would go with your bag to get seed, the first thing they would do is they would fill that bag about three quarters of the way. They wouldn't fill it all the way to the top. And then Jesus says, not only will it be given to you good measure, but it will be given to you pressed down. And that's exactly what they would do. They would take that three quarters and they would grab that bag and they would kind of fold it up and then they would push it down so that it would compact what was in there so that would there be more room in the bag. And Jesus says, not only will it be given to you good measure and pressed down, but shaken together. And that's what they did as well. After they compressed the seed, they would shake that bag several times to ensure that what was underneath, that there were no air pockets, that all that grain was fitting together and the person was getting the full measure of everything that they were paying for. And then it says that they would take and fill the bag from that point to overflowing. They would literally fill the bag to the place that there was no more room in that bag to contain any more seed. And subsequently then it would just pour out over the bag. Now that is the vivid picture that Jesus paints when he talks about his disciples developing an attitude and a life action of generosity that he will pour out a blessing toward you. Truth point number two says we cannot outgive God. How many of you believe that this morning? Don't raise your hand, just, just think about it. We can't outgive God. His capacity for generosity is infinite compared to our finite ability to give. As we reflect his generosity toward others, he pours out a blessing to us that is more than we can contain. You say, Pastor Mike, that sounds an awful lot like the prosperity gospel. No, it isn't. Not even close. No, Jesus here is not telling you that if you give 10 bucks, you'll get back 100. Or if you get 100, you'll get back 1,000. Or if you get back, give 1,000, you'll get 10,000 in a jet airplane. That is not what he's talking about. He's not saying you live in a mansion, nor will you ride around in a Rolls Royce. Okay? It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this. He is simply affirming that the Father delights in a cheerful and faithful giver. And don't hear me say giving as in the offering plate. That's okay, and that's good, but that's not the primary application here. It's not about giving at the synagogue or giving at the church. It's really about being generous to people in your life. You say, Pastor Mike, I've, not, I've given some things, and I've not seen this happen in my life. Well, I don't know. Check it out. Are you cheerful, or are you grumbling? Are you faithful, or are you kind of hit and miss? And are you really giving, or are you just lending? You know, something to consider. But Jesus said... Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over in your lap. Because the Father loves to bless generous, cheerful, faithful givers. We move on then to verses 39 through 42. 
And we discovered that just like any other sermon that gets preached, every sermon I preach starts with this point and moves on to that point and then goes to some other point and then finally we get to the point and then we get closed and we all get to go home. Well, Jesus' sermons are no different. He moves from point to point to point. And at this point, he transitions to begin to offer some warnings about the dangers of false teachers. Now, there's a couple of things that I think we just need to take note of before we get into the meat of it. The first thing that I want you to take note of is the method that Jesus uses to make his point here. Luke is clear. He uses the methodology of parable. What is a parable? A parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Second, I want us to recall who is in the audience. Now, Luke told us specifically that the 12 apostles, those 12 men who had been selected from the many disciples, they were there at the Sermon on the Level. And then there were the many disciples, probably counting into the hundreds of people who had heard his message and and felt some connection with him and had decided at some level, I'm going to follow after him and learn from him. And then there was the crowd, just those onlookers who came from all over the place. And they weren't necessarily followers of Jesus. They're just curious. They just want to know what's going on. I want to check this thing out. Sounds pretty curious. Sounds pretty, pretty interesting. I want to know what that's going on there. But I want to submit to you this morning that I believe there's another group of people there and they're not mentioned in the text. So I just want to suggest it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lay my life down on this one. But I believe that the religious leaders of Israel were there. And why do I believe that? Because as we've gone through Luke, from the time he was there preaching in his hometown of Nazareth, everywhere he's gone, including a wheat field that he was walking through on a Sabbath day, they were dogging his steps. And they've already said several times, we're looking for a way to find fault with him. We're looking for a way that we can trap him in his words. And so I just find it hard to believe with that many people there that there weren't, uh, there wasn't a delegation from the local synagogue or from wherever uh, that were there to see uh, what Jesus would do. Whether they were there or not, I believe they were. I have no doubt in my mind that as Jesus moves through this parable, The target of his negative comments are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes and lawyers of Israel. They are the blind of verse 39. They are the teacher of verse 40. They are the person with the log in their eye in verses 41 through 42. There's a couple of purposes Jesus has in saying the things that he says at this point. The first purpose is to draw a distinction between himself and them. He wants to establish that there's a problem with the religious establishment. It's gone rogue. It's gone off track. And I'm nothing like them. And he's drawing a, a clear distinction between what they're like and what he's like, between what they offer and what he's offering. I think that's one of the primary purposes. He's warning the people also, don't follow after them. You're not going to get where you want to go if you do. And there's a secondary purpose, I believe, in sharing the things that he did, especially if they were present. I believe that uh, he said what he said to confront the religious leaders again with another warning that they had gotten off track 
and that the only hope that they had was found in him, the Messiah of Israel. So those are the purposes. Let's get into the actual comments. First of all, Jesus talks about the blind. You know, Luke has already established that Jesus and the religious leaders of Judaism were poles apart and that Jesus had no intention at all of joining in with them in any way, shape, or form. And why did Jesus have no intention of joining in with them? Because they had lost their way. They had taken a law that was intended to guide and they had turned it into bondage. And because they had done that, they were then walking in spiritual darkness bound for destruction. And the point that he's making with this blind leading the blind comment is simply this, that since the leaders are spiritually blind, since they have no light, anyone who follows after them will be just as blind as they are. Because they're walking in darkness. They have no idea where they're going. And if you're following them, you're going in the same direction. And if the blind lead the blind, won't they fall into a pit? And I believe that the pit there is a reference to the eternal condemnation of hell because there's another occasion where Jesus specifically accused the religious leaders of making their disciples twice the the, the children of hell that they were. So I don't think Jesus is mincing any words here. I think his... His picture is clear and understood. And then he talks about a teacher and a student. And Jesus continues pointing out the obvious. When we attach ourselves to a teacher, we become like that teacher. It's inevitable. And there's no way to get around it. Now this idea of following after a teacher has both negative and positive connotations. On the negative side, when a teacher teaches falsely, then the learner is going to be indoctrinated with error, which then ultimately is going to lead to life choices that are destructive. In this particular case, with the Jews and the religious leaders of Israel, following Israel's teachers would lead you where? It would lead you to a works-based relationship with God. That's what they were talking about. That's what they're offering. Here's the path to earn your way. And what was that path? Oh, my friends, it was an exhausting path. Over 600 rules and regulations that if you wanted to prove yourself worthy to God, if you wanted His acceptance and you wanted His blessing and you wanted His love, you have to obey all of these. And we're here to make sure that you stay on track. Is it any wonder then that Jesus in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He wasn't talking about your muscles. He was talking spiritually. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke of Judaism was so heavy that even the elite leaders couldn't keep it. The yoke of Jesus, on the other hand, is light. 
it may shock you to hear me say this. No rules, no regulations, just trust in me. Walk with me. Learn from me. That's what Jesus is offering. Not a list of rules and regulations, but trust in Him. Walk with Him. Learn from Him. So, the negative connotation summed up is that following the scribes and the Pharisees would result in the learner perpetuating the rules, regulations, and works of Judaistic death. The positive connotation of what Jesus is saying is that following after Him would result in the learner discovering the way of grace and faith, which lead to life not only here and now, but in eternity. And then He comes to this comment about a log and a speck. It's my opinion that the previous two points of the parable were targeted at the disciples in general. He's speaking to them. And, 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 and trying to offer them some instruction. But this last illustration of the log and the speck, I think, is targeted straight at the religious leaders. Not that we all can't learn from it, but he's now on their donkey. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.